0: Arizona Sports, Wolf and Luke. This is Behind Enemy Lines. Gathering intel on this week's Cardinals opponent from inside enemy base camp. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Your retirement is on the clock. Execute your game plan today by visiting canvasannuity.com. All right, not to go all scientific on you, Wolf, but the altitude in Phoenix is uh, about 1,000, right? The altitude in Mexico City where the Cardinals are playing this game on Monday is 7,349 feet. That's quite a difference right there. Substantially higher in the sky. And so San Francisco is training at altitude in Colorado right now. And joining us (laughs) from there is uh, the 49ers radio analyst Tim Ryan on the Arizona Sports Line. Tim, how's it going?
1: I'm doing well, fellas. I didn't know. I I heard your little sound bump coming in that you guys were collecting intel from enemy base camps. So I'm going to tell you, Garoppolo's out, Bosa's out, Ufunga may play, and I don't think Fred Warner's going to play for a month.
0: Perfect. (laughs) We have to hold you to that, though. (laughs) uh,
2: Wow. So, um, Timmy, let me get this right. You're actually there in Colorado. Is that what you're saying? Where specifically are you in Colorado and what are you doing?
1: Yeah, we are at the Broadmoor um, Hotel and Resort, which is awesome. Great golf course here. Not playing <laughs> it now. It's about 10 degrees outside. Um so we got here on Tuesday, originally scheduled for Monday. Well, teams in the past have come here before the international Mexico game because of the altitude. Yeah, um, I remember when I think I think the Patriots played Denver and then you know was there were there and then stayed a week here and then went down and played the Raiders in the uh, in the international game in Mexico City and started in a no huddle and it was like twenty four to nothing and their tongues were hanging out of their mouth the Raiders. So there seems to be an advantage yeah. um, to. Add acclimating to the altitude not to get all scientific, but with what the blood cells do and the oxygen and and everything else with the thin air. So, um, I know that the Patriots done it. I know the chargers had done it. And Anthony Lynn was the head coach then Anthony Lynn now on the roster here, the running backs coach, um, The Rams had done it. So we are practicing at Air Force, which is about a 30 minute drive from the Broadmoor Hotel. Obviously acclimating to the altitude. They say it takes about seven days, I think. Um, we're going to be here right on that, right on that number. Um, so I think more than anything, just to get the guys used to the altitude, because obviously no one's going to spend a lot of time in, in Mexico City. And I think if you flew from California on a, on a Saturday and got down there, or on a Sunday and got down there, and and now you're at you know seventy five hundred feet or whatever the hell it is, and you wake up and you go play a Monday night football game that that could be a challenge on the lungs and and on the body. So to acclimate, looking for the competitive edge, and this ownership group, they cut you know no no corners in, in terms of you know, trying to give these guys the best opportunity to be at their best on game day. And and we'll find out, you know, after that game Monday night against what, you know, we all know you how know, much talent you guys have on the football field on both sides.
2: Yeah, for us. So we'll
1: Timmy, see if that competitive edge holds up come Tuesday morning.
2: Yeah, no, I'm with you on that, Timmy. For us, we're just going to suck it up and walk through it. Okay, that's <laughs> what so we're going to We're not going to worry about the altitude, okay? We're not going to worry about the mind games that come with that. We're just going right. to suck it up and walk through it, Timmy.
1: Yeah, and look, I, look, I, I, when I look at your team, Wolf, and what the Cardinals are doing, obviously they've had the 49ers number. I think it's five consecutive wins, and I think the last win was the Field's great baby game with uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo, the last win for the 49ers. So this is, look, these guys will not take the Arizona Cardinals lightly. They know what happened to them last year, whether it's Colt McCoy or Kyler Murray. They saw both of them last year, lost both of those games. I think the one that was really disheartening was when you guys came in and ran ran rough shot all over him in that week eight matchup and it really changed a lot of what the 49ers do defensively you know Armstead moved into tackle um, and kind of flipped the run defense and and they've been sailing ever since now he's been out of the lineup for quite a while but um, that that was an eye opener game and I think these guys they understand what you bring to the table they understand the firepower at 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 wide receiver especially if if Marquise is now going to play and you tandem him with with D hop we all know what it what it is. Um, Connor's a big back. Don't face a lot of big backs. Um, and in the quarterback situation, whether it's in the tape I've watched, um, Kyler is such a problem with his his legs and playmaking ability and extending the plays, and and all of that comes into play as you guys know with with the the challenges you've had on the interior of the offensive line. Man, um, but if it's Kyler or Colt McCoy, the ball's coming out quick they're distributing the rock, they're delivering the mail and trying to let those guys, those playmakers make their plays with you know all the spread and all the speed and all the weaponry that, that you guys have got on the football field. And then I think on the other side, offensively, you know Van Joseph knows how to defend this group knows how to get takeaways and if there's any area where the 49ers have struggled you know despite the the weapons on offense and you know how this season went and then Jimmy Garoppolo finally getting in week 2 after unfortunately Trey went down with that with that ankle injury against Seattle um, you know, third down's been really good. They've been able to move the football. Third and longs have been great, but the turnovers and the red zone execution have been problems. Um, and the way that you guys have been able to take it away and turn it into points, I'm sure, is is front and center for for the Forty Nine er offense.
0: Talking to Tim Ryan, uh, 49ers radio analyst. Tim, you mentioned the weapons on offense, and I know Christian McCaffrey's only gotten to play three games there so far, but do you feel like watching this team every week, they've figured out where to put everything yet? Because, like, Debo's numbers are down. Christian McCaffrey had that game where he threw a a touchdown, caught a touchdown, and ran for a touchdown. But it almost feels like they haven't unlocked everything yet.
1: Right. I I agree with that. Um, You know, in in the Ram game when McCaffrey had the the touchdown pass, the run, and the catch, Debo didn't play in that game, as you guys know, with a hamstring. So. Last week was really the first time they had him on the field together. Um and Debo didn't have a big day. McCaffrey didn't have a huge day. Um, you know, Eli Eli Mitchell was able to come through with a big day. Iuk did a couple things, Kittle did a couple things, Ray Ray McLeod did a couple things. So I don't think they've hit it on all cylinders yet. I don't think they're gonna see wholesale changes in how this team attacks because I think one thing with with Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey is they both are capable of doing the same things. It's not like you got a big back and a scat back or a change of pace back. They're both very good between the tackles. Both have enough juice to hit the edge and both both are, are you know, good run after the catch guys and, and natural pass catchers. So um, you know, it's just been about execution. It's been about at times the quarterback missing some things. You know, Jimmy is a very good quarterback. Um, his release is wicked, and, and the way he can get it out over the middle of the field is impressive. And the third and longs have been impressive. Um, you know, there's a lot of weapons to distribute it to, and I think at times, at least from my vantage point, and Wolf, you see it all the time. I've come, I've come to the conclusion that and it's not you know exactly this but the team that whichever quarterback can can bust the breakdowns on the defense in terms of coverages is is is, yeah. is a huge feather in his cap obviously yeah. and you know this defense for the 49ers, while nasty and getting after it, and and you know number one in a lot of categories, it'll make a lot of plays on the football and in terms of, of getting those takeaways. Um, and you could say the same on the offensive side of the ball in terms and and the busted coverages defensively. And you could start with the Chicago game when this team gets scored on um, in big moments. There's there's been some coverage breakdowns, some missed assignments. And every quarterback, it seems like the 49ers have, have played, um, have been able to take advantage of those of those breakdowns
2: to me. Conversely,
1: with with Garoppolo, there's been times and they don't all see it every single there's a free runner. Oh, man, he missed him. That happens in a lot of games. But there's been some missed opportunities that. You know when the defense does break down and they do have a, a missed assignment and coverage that you've got to be able to exploit it. You've got to; those are the easy ones. And I don't want to call them layups because they're not layups. And if the guy's not the first read, I get it. But when there's a first read and there's a breakdown and there's somebody, you know, one on none, I call it not one on one, but one on none. You got to be able yeah. to hit those to make things easier for your offense.
2: Yeah, Timmy, I just want you to be aware now. You told me you got about 15 minutes before you catch a bus. Well, that means you got about uh, four are you okay
1: i got my snowshoes i got my snowshoes
2: Well, okay i'll so get over there one okay. way or the other okay man i just want you to you know you've got a curfew so to speak here now listen <laughs> i gotta ask you this though how in the world are you guys five and four how did you lose four games i'll look at this roster right now i just want it give me the a b and c how did you lose four games
1: yeah uh i'll say this you know uh, what i just said breakdowns on defense uh, in terms of some busted coverages. That's number one. Um, offensively, you know, inability to really capitalize on on the opponent's mistakes. Just talked about that. Uh, red zone, um, you know, touchdown percentage has been a big one. Yeah. Turnovers have been a big one and, and lack of getting takeaways for this defense. And I know offensively when you don't score a lot of points, the D lines not pinning their ears back and, and, you know, teams having to push it down the field that hasn't really happened with the exception of the Carolina game. And, and there's been a couple, um, it's just been in, inconsistent play and, and lack of execution in big moments, mm-hmm. you know, third down drop. Um, Touchdown, you know, drop, uh, misread by the quarterback or, you know, just, uh, uh, uh a sack when you're at the, at the 38 yard line and now you're out of field goal range. I mean, just it's those situations. It's been those little things that, you know, are all correctable with the exception of the Kansas city game. They, they ran all over the the 49ers schematically. It was a, it was a tough day defensively. And having said that that was a five point game at, you know, at the end until there was a busted coverage and Valdez Scanling went by Charvarius Ward for a huge play. Um, so you know how hard it is to win games in this league. Yep. I mean, it's it is what it is. Week one in Chicago was a deluge. At the end of the day, you got they got. It, I would say one A for offense, and it's simple: is got to score more points, and that comes into red zone execution, and then defensively, got to get more takeaways. If this defense, the '19 season when they went to the Super Bowl, I think there was 24 takeaways. They're sitting at nine or ten right now that number has got to go up. So there needs to be more consistent heat on the quarterback and more plays on the football.
0: Tim, we appreciate the time, man. Thank you for everything. All right, you guys travel safe, and we will see you down in Mexico City.
2: No doubt, Timmy. I'll be looking for you, buddy. Love you, man. Thanks for coming I on. I won't David
0: I said hello. All <laughs> <laughs> right, man. I'll see you, Timmy. <laughs> That's uh, Tim Ryan, San Francisco 49ers radio analyst, joining us on oh, the Arizona he's Sports awesome, Line. Man. Uh, when we come back, it's no secret the Suns plan on adding a piece or two, and we're starting to hear specific names. We're going to tell you who next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Welcome back to the show here on this Friday morning, a football Friday, but we're going to talk a little Suns here right now ahead of their game with Utah tonight. We're going to talk to K-Ray in a little bit, but uh, but specifically right here, Wolf, I want to talk about some of the potential names that are now being floated around out there because... As a Suns fan, you know, all right, Jake Crowder's obviously not coming back at this point. What are they going to get for him? What else might they be interested in? And I'll start with that uh, that Jake Fisher story yesterday where he said the Suns appeared close to a three-team deal before the game against Golden State on Wednesday. And for anybody that didn't hear it, uh, yesterday afternoon, Gambo looked into it. He found out who the names were supposed to be in that trade, but also said that trade's not happening. But just for the sake of knowing some of the names that are that were floated around, um, that would have brought Eric Gordon and George Hill to the Suns, Crowder to the Bucks, Landry Shamit, Grayson Allen, and two second rounders to the Houston Rockets. That's Dude. according to Gambo yesterday. But again, he said that's not something the Suns are interested in. So I'm assuming that was either the Rockets or the Bucks who were pushing that uh, behind the scenes. That deal's not going to happen. And I got to say, Eric Gordon and George Hill... Are not like young long term solutions yeah. like we heard James Jones talk about a couple weeks ago. So it kind of makes sense that deal's See, not going to happen. No, you're
2: right about that, man. And I do believe that when James Jones said what he said, the fact that they're um, in their long term, they were going to look in their short term, they were going to look long term. <laughs> yeah. That's what they wanted I mean, to it, it was right so confusing there. it makes sense. Yes, but it does make perfect sense right now. And I totally believe him when he says that right there so yeah Eric Gordon and George Hill um yeah that doesn't seem like that would be the direction they're headed in although I will say at some point right at some point um this is a win now situation isn't it even though you hear James say what he said yeah. even though you hear James talking about the future and the long view and the long term um, isn't it a win-now situation for the Suns?
0: It is, and that's that's where this gets complicated because you are in on winning now. And if you don't win this year is the window closed, <laughs> we'd have to see how it plays out this year. I mean, the, the Chris Paul thing, at some point, he's not going to be able to give you Chris Paul production. But I think the window is firmly open this year. And we can talk about next year, next year. Um, so, yeah, you. I don't think it's out of the equation that you would add somebody who's just a a rental that would help you now. But we also did hear James Jones, who's typically pretty straightforward, say, we are looking for guys that are going to be here for a while, too. This is where this gets complicated. Well, if you've got, because set aside that, that three team rumor and there's a story by Shams, uh, on the athletic looking at potential names that have been linked to the Suns just according to league sources, okay? Okay. So Harrison Barnes is yes. one, and we've heard that in the past. Harrison Barnes makes a lot of sense. I-, I like Harrison Barnes. I do too. Like him as a player. He was supposed to be like an all-timer coming out of college, and then he kind of trailed off, but he was he was good last I year think for he's sure. he's a good pro. Uh, Kyle Kuzma's name is out there being floated around okay. the Suns. K.J. Martin of the Rockets also being floated. That's according to Shams. John Collins, Atlanta's looking to trade him, and Sham says that the Suns are at least a team that's interested, although he was quick to point out they're not interested in all the money. John Collins is in year two, I think, of a five year, $125 million deal. But it gets more complicated, Wolf, because you've got these first round picks you could move. You have to pay Cam Johnson, though, and you don't know who the owner is. Doom. And that's a lot, what we just read off right there, for a a contender to be juggling. Yeah, and because of that right now, I have
2: to wonder, man. I have to wonder how much of this is just nonsense because of the ownership situation right now. Honestly, nonsense, a lot of this stuff. It's one of the reasons why I think James Jones is talking about in the short term, we need a long-term solution. In other words, it's got to be somebody that is younger somebody that may be developing right now, as opposed to somebody who's not
0: getting a lot of money right now. That's why I think John Collins, who's a, a pretty good I player. I totally agree
2: with just, There's no way.
0: There's other teams that are going to want him that can pay him. And I don't know. Even if the Suns had an owner, they've already got a lot of money tied up when you consider you yes. have to pay Cam. But this is going to get real dicey not having an owner and needing to make moves before February 9th.
2: Yeah, you need to bring in some young guys. I think James Jones just basically told us that. You need to bring in some young guys that don't make a lot of money, that are long-term fixes, long-term solution, okay. no, that luck. you might that you might be able to develop <laughs> right now. Honestly, that that's what I think he meant when he said, you know, in the short term we're looking long-term.
0: Yeah, here here is James Jones. This is with Burns and Gambo last week. No,
2: I
1: mean, I'm, I'm always monitoring that, but I mean, I can't you know, like a knee-jerk reaction to just go and try to short-term, just throw someone in the mix it doesn't make sense for us. Uh, we have guys that have been a part of this and guys that are, are playing. You know, it's a tough spot for us, but we go as, as Chris, Devin, Mikael, and DeAndre go. Um, you know, the rest of our guys have been been great. You know, I, I understand the Jay Crowder situation and, and being light with the fours. We can, uh, we will address that at some point, Um, but in the short term, we're just going to make sure when we address it, we address it with an eye towards the long term.
2: There it, there it is. I mean, he just said it. Sounds like In a yearbook the short quote. term, right? In the short term, we're going to address it with an eye towards the long that, term.
0: That doesn't. It sounds like uh, congratulations on graduation. Moving forward, looking back, like that's that's <laughs> what it sounds like right there. Yeah, we're going to address the but,
2: hey, James for long me, term and the short term. kind
0: of made sense right there. It He's does speaking median, but it made sense. It makes sense, but I don't know how attainable that is. I'm guessing a lot of teams would love to add a long term solution that's cheap that they could add right now. Well,
2: he, he didn't really say that, though. He said in the short term, we're, we're looking for the long term. Isn't yes. that what he said? But
0: it's implied okay. that they, they, it's got to be a cheaper player,
2: too. It's got to be a cheaper player. If, if it's going yeah. to be a long term thing. If it's going to be a long term, yeah, something that you, not a solution maybe, but something long term. That's what you want. That's what you're looking for, which
0: to me in the world of median means cheap. I, I'll be honest. These names like Harrison Barnes. I mean, obviously J- John Collins, but we'll set that aside because there is going to be other teams that want him if Atlanta really trades him. And again, I, I just don't know how the Suns would be able to to commit to a deal like that without knowing ownership. Uh, and that's where the, the picks come into play. They have they have draft picks to trade. A lot of contenders don't have those. But if you don't know who the owner is, are you going to be more focused on keeping those? You know what I mean? Like there is yeah. that. This is where the ownership stuff becomes. Yeah, not a distraction, but no, a factor. Problematic. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, and we'll see. Maybe James Jones can navigate it, but you, you, the window's open. That's the one thing that's not nonsense. The window is open, and their roster isn't complete. No doubt. He just said they go as far as Devin Booker and Chris Paul go, and it's nice to have those pieces, but they're going to have to supplement them here as well, and that's going to be tough. All right, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, which players will be the key on Monday night between the Cardinals and 49ers? The Week 11 edition of Fulcrum Football is next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Alert, alert, alert. Presented by 72 Souls. 51, 51, let's go. Let's go, here we go. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona's sports. Hey. It's part of the NFL. It's not
2: easy. It's not easy to win in the NFL. Everybody want to win. Who or what is the
0: tipping point? That's going to be key to our success. This is Fulcrum Football with Wolf and Lou. All right, it is fulcrum football. It is time to pick the players that are most likely to swing the game on Monday night, Cardinals or 49ers, for better or for worse. We're going to go through and draft them right now. Um, wolf. Well, what'd you call for from-
2: Okay, I'm gonna go first. All right, well then let me fact. let me give
0: you some info before you make oh, okay, this again. great, Yeah, this is uh, since Twitter is still up and running. Derb tweeted this out. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins out at practice today, like out there, like practicing. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'm just reading the tweet. <laughs> let me read it again. DeAndre Hopkins was out. Here practicing. Oh, okay, good. Uh, both quarterbacks were, but not out there because I know you're gonna pick this guy. DJ Humphreys was not out there. And Byron Murphy. It doesn't mean they're out, it just means they weren't at practice.
2: Okay, right. They were not at practice, right? I should have just let
0: you pick. Um, them. thank you very much.
2: Okay. Um okay, you know what I'm gonna do? This is I'm gonna go a little off the rails here. I'm gonna take Billy Price. Yeah, that's what i I like saying.
0: big butts and I cannot lie. You took I'm Billy
2: Price take, last week. I'm going to take Billy Price first. Did oh. you notice that first? Because you need to protect the quarterback. The Arizona Cardinals have got to protect whatever quarterback is back there. Whether it's Kyler Murray or Colt McCoy, they've got to protect him. And when you talk about protection, base, and earnings, it all starts with the center. Not only is he going to be the guy snapping the ball. We need good snaps, Billy. Please, 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 please. Good snaps good snaps but not only that the calls have got to be made on the line of scrimmage of course and we need protection and it starts with the center and the pocket and getting the communication out there whether it's Kyler murray or colt mccoy it doesn't matter you need to protect the quarterback and that starts with the center
0: I don't argue with that. I'm going to take a guy I don't even know if he's going to play, but I think the, uh, the only way the Cardinals have a real shot of winning this game is if DeAndre Hopkins plays, so I'll go with Hop. It was on three people. They were, they were in position. It is just a better catch by eye? <laughs> see, they need, they need a better catch by eye this week. You'll see a theme probably in my picks. Uh, I think the Cardinals, like I said earlier, Wolf, you either go into this game being like, well, anything can happen, or you go into this game with like, all right, got Hopkins and Hollywood Brown. This could be an issue for San Francisco, and it starts with Hopkins.
2: Okay, um, that's not bad. I It'd be hard to argue. DeAndre Hopkins, of course. My second fulcrum football player is going to be... Max Williams. Oh, yeah. Was Max Williams out there on the field? Was he out there? Well, he's on the practice update. squad, man.
0: I should have taken him just so you couldn't because I knew you were going to want to. I think he's he would have left. He's on
2: the practice squad. Um, I know he's not even on the active roster right now, but man, listening to Max Williams talk this week... He made it sound like he was going to be out there playing on Monday night. And if you tell me that Max Williams is healthy right now, I will tell you he will be a pivot. He will be a pivot in this game. The balance that he brings to this offense, in particular in 11 personnel, which is the predominant personnel group in the National Football League, and it certainly is for the Arizona Cardinals in rundown situation. First and 10, second and 1-6, 11 personnel, three wide receivers, one tight end, one back. That tight end being Max Williams brings balance to their offense. James Conner as the running back. And then, oh, I don't know, Hollywood Brown maybe, DeAndre Hopkins, Rondell Moore as your three wide receivers? That's a game changer personnel group. And you know what? Kyler Murray or Colt McCoy could use that personnel group to exploit the 49ers. Yeah, so you know what? I'm going to go Max Williams. Bring us that balance, Max. He's my second folk football player.
0: All right, well, since you left this guy out there, and I don't know if he's playing either. I mean, that's a theme so far. This will be three of our first four picks. We don't even know if these guys are playing for the Cardinals. But I'll complete the duo. I'll take Hollywood Brown. Heaves it deep for Hollywood. He. Hollywood, yeah, I'll take Hollywood Brown. Look, I mean, I, I for the reasons I just said with Hopkins, you know, it's it's obvious with Hop. We but we don't know what Hollywood and Hop can do together, and if they are both out there, even if they're not at a hundred percent, which they're clearly not going to be, it doesn't sound like uh, that's a problem that San Francisco is going to have to account for. And that's what you have to do, right? Isn't that the basics here? Make the other team put them in a, in a disadvantage and put them in a, in a tough position. And th- that duo right there is probably the cardinals best way to do it on monday
2: okay that's great um well played by you i I don't want your
0: your your pity uh i do
2: i like it but i'm sorry i'm gonna break the rule i'm going kyler murray kyler murray yeah i'm breaking the rule right now yeah quarterbacks are frowned upon in fulcrum football um Kyler Murray and whether or not Kyler Murray's going to play, they need all hands on deck, and I hope we see Kyler Murray playing against this brutal defense.
0: At quarterback from Oklahoma, number one, Kyler
2: 49ers are no joke, onians in particular. Their front seven is as good as it gets in the National Football League, and they're not bad at all in terms of defending the pass. Number eight in passing yards per game allowed, number eight in passing yards per play allowed. The Arizona Cardinals need all hands on deck to win this game. Kyler Murray, to me, hopefully he's going to be healthy, 100% with that hamstring, but... I want to see it, man. Get the ball out quickly. You had a perfect example the week before in Colt McCoy getting the ball out quickly. Hopefully, Kyler will learn from that. And then throw the ball down the field as well, Kyler. Take some shots. And it doesn't just have to be to Hollywood Brown. We all know that Nuke is as good as anybody. You want to throw the fade up? A fade on the freak. It's DeAndre Hopkins. Throw him the ball, man throw it up, even when he's covered. And Rondell Moore as well. they got to take shots down the field. Because of that, I want to see Kyler Murray. He's my third fulcrum football player.
0: Yeah, there's this week was almost difficult to make the picks because there's so many players. If we go another five rounds, I have my picks. But unless we do that rapid fire, I don't think we're going to get through five rounds. So I'm going to go on the defensive side of the football, Wolf, the first defensive player. I'm going to go with Isaiah Simmons. That's why they're called the 40 Whiners, because they're always whining about something. Because I think this is the sort of game where you're gonna have to you're gonna have to make a play defensively, and I don't just mean okay, slow the 49ers down. I mean a game-changing force a turnover, get to Jimmy G, something, and. That's something Isaiah Simmons has proven he can do early on in his young career. Even if he makes some mistakes, he still makes some game-changing plays. And I, I have to think on some level he's still out for a little vengeance after that very first game of his career against the 49ers, too. you the vengeance. I'm all about the vengeance over the last My couple goodness, weeks. Luke. Yeah, given to the vengeance. So
2: bellicose.
0: All right, so we got nowhere. We played three players. You took Billy Price, Max Williams, and Kyler Murray. I took DeAndre Hopkins, Hollywood Brown, Isaiah Simmons. We didn't even take a 49. Niner. That's got to be the uh, the fewest amount of players we've ever taken. Yeah. We should just
2: go for the next hour. Altitude training. Just walk through it,
0: dude. All right, well, come celebrate the biggest uh, FIFA watch party in town with Estrella Jalisco, Sarah Cazell, and special guest Gerardo Torado as the Mexican national team takes on Argentina in front of big screens with live music and giveaways on November 26th at Sportsman Park. Text soccer to 620-620 for complete details. You brought up the uh, altitude, Wolf. How much could that potentially play a role on Monday? The 49ers are training for it. The Cardinals are not. We'll discuss that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Presented by 72 Soul. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I, we had Tim Ryan on earlier this hour. <laughs> Timmy, what a dude,
2: man. He, uh, he's one of the most intense guys you're ever going to come He sounded like you at a couple points. Yeah, not well, not voice, but just what he was saying. I, I kid you not. Um, of all the analysts that are out there, he is one of my favorites. And the reason why is because I love, he's Tim is a close talker. He's a close talker. He he literally is probably a foot away from you when he's talking to you, and the intensity on his face is hysterical. Even
0: if it's like a big, wide open room, and there's yes. only like three, he's just standing right yes, next to you talking. He's a close talker. Is he man. tall?
2: And I, f- yeah, yeah, like right there, just looking he's, at uh, you? I want to say he's probably six four, six five. Oh, okay, you All know, right. don't hold me to that, but he's kind of tall. All right, but I mean, but yeah. I, yeah, I, I love talking to him, man. It's jaw to jaw for the most part. <laughs> you guys look like it's an umpire and like, a like, manager wanna, arguing. It, it is. It's, we have these great conversations. And at, at the same time, Pash always tells me, looks like you guys are ready to go. <laughs> Like you <laughs> kind he of always throwing? ready to go just well, in case, course, right? Yeah.
0: Well, just don't don't go in Mexico City okay, when great, they get yeah. back here. Uh, anyway, when we when we talked to him, he was calling in from Colorado, and you might be getting in your car right now. I mean, like, well, the 49ers don't play in Colorado, so yeah, what's going on? Well, they they are at the Air Force Academy. He said uh most of this week training for the altitude now. The altitude difference between Phoenix and Mexico City. Phoenix is what? It's like 1,000 feet? Yes. That's the elevation. Uh, Mexico is over 7,000 feet. So Mexico City is over 7,000 feet. So that's a difference right there.
2: Yeah. You know what? I I think it's like 7,700 feet. Above elevation, I'm going to try this Google thing in front of me. Check Se- 7349. that.
0: 73.49. 73. What? That's what it says.
2: Okay. That. Yeah, honestly, I, I, I have, have no Google? idea. My Wikipedia is w- is different than yours. I think you have Wolfopedia? Um. Apparently, I do right there. Uh, anyways, okay. The elevation right there. The altitude, of course. That's going to be an issue. Um. More times than not, I would say just walk through it. Just walk through it. I, I joked with Tim about that very thing. He was up there. Yeah, you guys are up there, and you're getting the altitude advantage, or so you think. Just walk through it. That's, that's my opinion on that. Whenever we played at Mile High, I didn't care. Are you kidding me? Just walk through it. I knew what that was like. I experienced that. Even Flagstaff. Yeah, you know what? I went up there at Flagstaff. What is Flag? 7,100 feet? It's, hold on. 7,000? <laughs> I'm going to say it's 7,000 feet right now. That's what I'm going to say Flagstaff is. And I can tell you right now, I can't. 6,909.
0: Oh, you're kidding me. Yeah, sorry, you went it's over. It's got to be 7. So you lose both showcases. You know what's
2: amazing about that? You actually crest 7,000 feet. There is a sign. There is a sign on I-10 up there. You crest 7,000 feet, and then you must go down. It must actually, yeah, be be a, a high point with that you yeah. you would yeah. Okay. Anyways, listen. You're getting me distracted. <laughs> I
0: haven't said anything. In well, five yes, you minutes. are. You're, you're totally. You bring
2: that. You bring that up. No, it's 6,900. You, you asked me. me for the elevation. Listen, now I, I've been up there in Flagstaff, and I cannot tell you how many guys bellyache about that stuff. Just go out there and suck it up. <laughs> Well, that's how I feel.
0: Sorry. Okay. but you're not the only one that feels that way. Let me uh, play some of this. This is Cliff Kingsbury. They asked him earlier this week, okay, are you guys, did you ever give any thought to practicing at a higher altitude? Because you do have Flagstaff right there. I mean, Flagstaff is basically the same elevation as uh, Mexico City. And here was Cliff's response. Yeah, we talked through that.
2: Um, Ultimately, you know, our sports medicine staff um, and sports science group uh, felt like we could get a good plan here and, and keep the guys here and and kind of maximize what we wanted to do and that's what we
0: settled on. Uh, Vance Joseph as well. I think you figure it out as you go you know I played half my football years in Colorado and the bottom line is this if you're playing good you win if you don't play good you probably won't win you know no one ever talked about it in Colorado at all you know and it was it was never a big deal in Denver you know it was kind of a thing that we used for us to kind of push forward in the fourth quarter you know where we trained but you no, know, I man, I didn't. I didn't win much as a head coach there, so <laughs> it, it didn't matter much in Denver. You know, so again, guys, it's it's a mindset. Honestly, it's a mindset. You know, it's like going from the west to the east coast. It's a mindset. Some teams go Friday, some teams go Saturday. You show up and play good, you win. That's the bottom line. But obviously, if guys are getting tired on Monday night, you're gonna have guys sub out. It's that's for the big guys especially, but most of it's mindset. It's a pretty good line. I didn't win much in Denver as a head coach, so it obviously didn't mean much.
2: Listen, um, you know, I say this all the time that um, there are reasons why you lose games and there are excuses why you lose games. This is just this is just me right here. OK, I, it's my own personal feeling right now. Not training at altitude to go play in altitude is one of those things that is an excuse as to why you lost a game. That, that for me, no way in the world, man. It isn't a reason. But you have, to, not. you
0: have to talk through it, at least, like Suck like it off said. and
2: beat your dude.
0: But, okay, yeah, I hear what you're saying. And ultimately, the altitude isn't going to matter as much as if DeAndre Hopkins plays or Buda Baker plays. I get that. It's going to be how you play. But if your season, for all intents and purposes, ends and you didn't even talk about it, people are going to point to it and say, well, San Francisco did it and you didn't. That's the problem. San Francisco doing it all of a sudden makes this a conversation. Yeah, no, I
2: disagree with you 100% right there once again. Again, suck it up. It's, it's it's a it's a it's it's an excuse as to why you didn't go out and play well because I I was so fatigued. I was so you know what it does it does fatigue you. Yeah, it does feel that way. But it's more mental than it is anything else. You got to get on top of that, man. I mean that's that's my own personal thing. So many guys when you do when you there's a three hour time difference. Yeah, you know what? And it there, it does make you feel different. It does. What are you going to do about it? That
0: seems Suck to it ha- up. have gone away since Kyler Murray got here. Now, they don't play any early games this year. They played one, I think, against Minnesota, and that's been it so far. But that narrative did used to be here of like, ah, you know, the Cardinals, tra- West Coast team traveling east. It wasn't just the Cardinals. Oh, no. But that seems to have gone away over the last couple of years, or maybe we just haven't talked about it, and so it's gone away. I don't have the numbers in front of me. But, um
2: It's yeah. because most people realize that, once again, um, whether you're starting early and you've play football early, or you're starting late, whatever it may be. You know what? Suck it up.
0: Arizona Sports. Breaking News. Uh, I don't feel like this is great. What do you got, Aaron?
2: So Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury is speaking to the media right now, and he gave an update on DJ Humphreys. Yeah, he's
0: uh, he won't play this week, it doesn't look like, and then we'll kind of evaluate it from there and see where it goes. Well, your breaking news has left my co-host passed out in his chair, just leaning back right there. Look, Wolf, let me just, let me say this. They did just win last week without DJ Humphreys. It can be done. It's a lot harder. We're
2: sitting here you know, we're we're talking about the altitude. We're talking about playing in an East Coast game as a West Coast team. Not Now all of a sudden, no, you're talking about Nick Bosa and the blind side of your quarterback. And DJ Humphrey's not playing. Man, I, I thought so, I, I was sure that he was going to play this week. And now that, that just, you want to talk about making it dang near impossible. I don't want to say impossible, but it feels that way especially against Nick Bosa. This guy, watch him on tape.
0: No, nah, yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't I don't really don't want to watch Nick Bosa on tape. I I've, I've seen enough of Nick Bosa. So, you said yesterday you'd prefer Lasita Smith on the left side. Left guard, yeah. Uh, that was with the assumption or the hope that DJ Humphrey should be playing, though. Right? Sure. Does that change anything now if, if Hump isn't out there? Yeah, because I no, I, I liked him with Beacham on the right side.
2: Yeah, no, he, it does. Um, I I would say don't move him. Um, yet at the same time, uh, okay, Josh Jones is going to be your guy out there on the edge, and he he held up. Pretty doggone well. They played well against um, the Rams up there. They played well against the Rams. Um, this is a different situation, though. It is, and
0: um, oh man, I can't believe that. So that's just that's bad news. Right to left now, you would go: Beecham, Lasita, Smith, Billy Price, who, and Josh Jones. Max Garcia, if Max he can play. Max
2: Garcia, if he can play. Okay. <laughs> Here it is once again. If he can play. It's like
0: everybody on the Cardinals this year, their last name is actually if he can play. Uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing DeAndre Hopkins if he can play alongside Hollywood Brown if he can play. But they won't have DJ Humphreys if he can play. In front of Kyler Murray if he can play or Colt McCoy if he can play. All right. uh, When we come back, we'll take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.